and welcome to episode 142 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today's May 4th. Ah, May the 4th be with you. And together with Robert and Goran, we're here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi. So today we get back to one of my favorite topics, which is Power Platform and SAP. So although Power Platform enables almost anyone to create applications and connect them to SAP, one of the things that I always highlight is the importance of single sign-on. If you have SSO in place, then you can leverage all your roles and profiles and permissions that you have maintained in the SAP system. To set up SSO can sometimes be a challenge, but with the new SAP ERP connector, the configuration for using Kerberos has been simplified quite a bit. Today, we have Martin Repple joining us again to show us how the full end-to-end -end flow works and also take a look at some of the configurations. But before we hand over to him, as always, let's quickly take a look at some of the news from this week. And basically, just when we finish the recording of our last episode, um, the DSAC investment report was released. So every year, the DSAC, the German-speaking SAP user group, um, does a survey um, among their I don't know, 4,000 customers or something like that. And they asked them a few questions like, what's the investment? What, what are critical areas that you see um, in 23 and so on? And it's always very, very insightful. So, so for example, um, one good thing is IT budgets um, are increasing, um, which is also good because uh, when, you, when you look at what are these investment areas, um, business suite is declining. Um, S4HANA is, is very much um, increasing. So we can definitely see that more and more customers are now um, looking and using and adopting S4HANA. And then there are a lot of other things here. BTP, the business technology platform, is a central element in the SAP strategy. Yeah, here 24% um, say that, that they're using it. So, so it's, it's very clear where the direction is going and um, also that, that customers are now really adopting um, the scenarios that SAP is really highlighting. Um, one thing that I also found really interesting is the focus on security. Let me see if I find this here. Yeah, here. Um, so it's very, very clear. 88% um, are saying that um, cybersecurity is something that is really important for them. Um, so I, I think in, in the last um, months and weeks, we could clearly see that there are all these um, attacks happening, not only to SAP systems, but, but in general. And that's, I think, why a lot of companies just say, look, um, security is um, top of mind. And, and uh, yeah, just in the last few episodes, we had talked about um, Azure Sentinel for SAP and, and, and the way how um, Azure technology can help you to protect your, your SAP system. So th there's lots of more information. Um, take some time, um, read through it. I think it's, it's really um, very interesting to, uh, to look through. The next thing is general uh, zone redundant storage, Goran. Yeah, so last time we had high availability uh, discussion and topic with Ralitza deep dive. Um, it is, uh, so it's always uh, also useful here, a kind of announcement of zone redundant storage from for the premium uh, SSD and standard SSD premium is used in SAP context in the in new regions in Southeast Asia, Australia East and Qatar. 
Um, I know the customer going there as well, um, and therefore always sometimes not all the components will be available um, somewhere. So that's very useful uh, part for the SAP, especially for the high availability in the context of zona redundant shared disk. They are used both on Windows and Linux clustering. Mm-hmm. On Windows is used for the shared disk for the central services on Linux. Um, they don't use a shared disk for this purpose, but they c- you can use basically for uh, SBD as a SBD device as well, because because they do this uh, um, uh, fencing. And on the SUSE, this is one of the uh, fencing mechanism as shared disk as well. It's also a kind of cheaper way to 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 have this device, so to say. So very n- interesting information, helpful. Uh, lo- I mean, uh, really. Uh, uh, looking forward to see that also other regions are kind of expanding. So meaning uh, poten- different uh, SAP architectural scenarios are also possible in those regions as well. Exactly in three of them as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Great. Then moving on, a colleague of ours, Amit Lal, has um, created a blog post on seven AI um, yeah, related scenarios, which I thought was was also really quite interesting. We we talked about AI um, a lot of times um, in 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 the past, and um, obviously we see a lot of um, interest there in the combination with SAP. And what um, Amit does in in this blog post, he highlights um, seven scenarios. Um, basically, yeah, he called them whiteboard scenarios, where he's saying, look, these are things where um, AI in combination with your SAP systems uh, or with SAP processes that you have um, in your company could make sense or, or, or could really enhance and, and, and help with the productivity. So yeah, automating sales order creation from email requests. I think we've seen some some related demos there already. And, and it's really nice um, just to read through them to, to get some inspirations, I would say, to, to really see that um, this combination of um, OpenAI um, the, the the different services that we have there, how they can really help you uh, in the in the SAP context. And actually, speaking of um, this topic, I think we we had um, talked about the Microsoft AI SDK for SAP, and Gopal has been extremely extremely busy there. Um, so so here you, you you don't see a lot of difference, but actually, if you click here on the documentation, then he has created a very very detailed um, documentation. So if you uh, go here, um, you have all the uh, things that, that are required to, to set up Azure OpenAI. Then he talks about how to install the um, Microsoft AI SDK using ABAP Git. He talks about how to actually use the the SDK. So, so showing some some simple ABAP um, programs of how you can then interact with your SAPs uh, with with Azure OpenAI. So it, it's really fantastic. If you haven't um, checked it out, then give it a try. It is free. I mean, it is available on GitHub. So the only thing that you need to do is um, have the uh, ABAP Git installed, um, which again is is free. So you can just um, install this on your sandbox, maybe use the cloud appliance library to spin up a quick system and and give it a try and then just just test it. it. It's really amazing how easy it is for the ABAP developer to consume Azure OpenAI services with this. Um, the next thing is according or uh, um, in, in in line with the topic that we also want to talk about, um, um, James Wood uh, published this blog post on Microsoft Power Platform more than just a toy. And I really 
love this article because he addresses a lot of um, concerns and that, that are raised from customers from time to time. So, so is it really productive ready? Is it really um, uh, good to also work in the context of SAP? And, and he really explains, look, um, it's built on Azure foundations. He, he talks about the fusion of teams that, yes, there are different skills required in, in, in a company, but um, with this combination of, or, or, or really bring the different teams within your company together, then, then that's actually um, the scenario where the Power Platform and um, other services really make um, most of the sense. He talks about yeah, uh, the, the user interface of some of the, the apps, which I'm, I'm, I'm not a good designer and my Power Apps never look really good, but, but he outlines that you can build beautiful apps there. Um, but but similar like there are people that build beautiful PowerPoint um, presentations and there are people that don't build so good PowerPoint applications. <laughs> so that that's really um, he he has a really nice blog post there where where he outlines uh, yeah how he sees also the usage of the Power Platform um, with his customers. So I thought that was also really nice. The last thing that I want to mention um, before we hand over to Martin. So um, remember, I think last week we started with this um, prompt of the week. So I, I had these discussions um, with Martin Pankratz um, a few weeks ago, and we said, look, th there are so many things where um, we are actually impacted now in a good way by um, OpenAI, how we are using OpenAI, ChatGPT on in, in our daily work. And, and we said, Let, let's um, look for a prompt of the week, basically. So, so we, we also already had some discussions with customers and partners. And if you have a good prompt, then, then let us know. And, and um, maybe we can also talk about this here. What I want to highlight today is, um, or for a recent customer project, I needed to create um, an Azure API management um, scenario where I had a, a service that would call Azure API management and Azure API management would redirect the call to different backend systems. And you can do this. I mean, there are beautiful policies. There's a huge um, GitHub repository with Azure policies available, but actually there's, there's a lot of lookup required. So, so what I did is I, I just said, well, I'm using Azure API management. I would like to create a policy that looks at the incoming request, extracts the value from a property called, and I just called it X where two, depending on this property, the call should be redirected to a different website and when it's Europe, then it should be, and I just for, for simplicity's sake said, then do a search with um, Europe. If it's um, US, then search with US. So I, I just used this, this specific prompt. And then if I switch over here to the chat, then, oh, wait, okay, let me put this again in the prompt. Then it started to do the OpenAI magic. And as, as a result, let's see if, it, if it's the, the same results this time as in, in my tests. As a result, ah, here's the example, perfect. It, ah, well, it doesn't look exactly like what I was hoping for, actually. Um, maybe I need to uh, set the, the status to be more precise. Let me do this again. Because what I wanted to highlight actually is I literally was able to copy and paste um, the policy that was created here, um, paste it into Azure API management, and then I had the um, the policy that did the lookup in the incoming request that had a, um, a selection there that allowed me to really 
um, yeah, then do the, the redirect from Europe to to the backend from from the different services. So that was absolutely amazing. And um, ah, no, it's not working this time. But okay, um, and then we need to play around a little with um, a little more with this. But or let me do one thing. Can you show me the actual policy? Let's give it a try. If this this works, if not, then we'll stop it here. This and, is not and, planned, right? No, this is not planned. <laughs> I I had it actually tested before. Oh no, okay, he's not able to do that. I don't know why this is not working. But now. it it didn't. I mean, less precise mode. Something generated was. Okay, let's do one. Oh no, okay, we'll we'll give it a try the next time. So I ex explicitly wanted to use last time. I think we used um, Azure OpenAI. And there, um, so really in my Azure subscription, there everything worked fine. So this time I wanted to explicitly use Bing, um, <laughs> but for some reason that didn't work out. But but next week we'll we'll take another look and we'll use yet another tool um, with a different prompt, <laughs> and then hopefully it will work um, even better. With this, let's um, switch topics. Martin, uh, you have been here before, but but still maybe you can quickly introduce yourself. Yes. And then I'm looking forward to the demo um, that you have prepared. <clears throat> okay, yeah, thanks. Thanks, Volga, and thanks, Goran, uh, for inviting me again uh, to your uh, podcast. Uh, yeah, quickly introduce myself, Martin Repple, uh, with Microsoft now for uh, more than three and a half years. Uh, I've been also working uh, for SAP for quite some long time uh, before, um, mainly in the area of um, security, identity, and access management, single sign on. Though those were the topics at my time at SAP uh, as a product owner um, and now I'm also yeah, focusing on those topics um, uh, if I'm allowed to um, but uh, <laughs> so um, yeah and I think uh, together with Holger we recently took a look at the um, announcements uh, that were made uh, end of last year from the Power Platform around uh, new features in the SAP um, ERP connector and that actually brought us to the idea, okay, um, let's take a look at um, a complete end-to-end -end scenario um, so that uh, yeah, we uh, simply get a, a better idea and also can uh, document uh, for uh, yeah, our joint customers um, how these things work really from an end-to-end -end perspective. Yeah? And, um, and um, yeah, and that's what we did. So uh, we closely collaborated also here with the uh, product group um, for the um, uh, Power Platform. And um, yeah, and this is just a screenshot of the announcement that was made um, on December uh, 16th, uh, uh, so end of last year. And um, if you click on the link um, in this announcement, uh, at the uh, lower part of it, there is um, the feature list of um, uh, or the, the new features that were added to the on-premises data gateway and I highlighted the the one that we will actually focus on today in this session uh, in this podcast where um, an enhancing the sign on um, support has been added as a new feature that allows you essentially to uh, implement um, seamless single sign on um, using the SAP ERP connector um, uh, using 
Kerberos delegation to ensure that single sign-on is now a seamless experience between Power Apps, Power Automate, and SAP. Um, besides that, there were also other uh, uh, very interesting um, uh, features um, added uh, by the Power Platform, such as pre-built apps and um, auto Power Automate flows. Yeah, but the one that we want to focus on today um, in the demo that I um, prepared for this uh, podcast, um, we want to focus exactly on this enhanced single sign-on feature, and um, because it also nicely fits into what. Uh, I did uh, already or presented here in this uh, uh, video podcast series a while ago. Um, I'm coming back to the scenario that uh, we covered in, I think, episode 40 um, uh, um, in a minute. Um, let me quickly give you, before we jump into the demo and the setup, um, a quick um, yeah, uh, recap or refresher what uh, this Kerberos delegation means, as it is explicitly also mentioned in the in this announcement. So Kerberos delegation essentially means that you can use Kerberos as a very common and still very common um, some argue it's already a very legacy protocol for single sign-on, but it's still very widely used. And especially in an SAP context, it has definitely still its uh, relevance and importance because um, as you, um, uh, I think, uh, for sure know, um, uh, if you want to allow a single sign-on uh, using the SAP GUI, um, there is um, no other way than um, using uh, the secure network communication SNC protocol, which supports Kerberos as a means to um, allow single sign-on from an, for example, um, uh, Active Directory uh, to the SAP system uh, using um, SAP-GUI. Um, another very common use case is um, single sign-on to um, remote function calls and BAPIs, yeah? and this is exactly also the, the use case and scenario that we focus on here today. Yeah? But um, let me quickly give you um, here a quick summary what Kerberos constraint or Kerberos delegation general and constraint delegation means. It, is, it essentially means that um, um, a client um, that is able to obtain a Kerberos ticket uh, from a key distribution center, such as the such as an um, Active Directory, um, presents that uh, ticket to a um, so-called uh, delegate, which is in this picture um, illustrated here as the data gateway. And that data gateway then is able to um, um, obtain um, a new ticket from the uh, key distribution center in Kerberos, so Active Directory, for example, to um, act on behalf of that um, uh, user at the client to call another downstream service, such as, for example, an SAP system. Yeah, Another example would be a web server sitting in between the two and a web server that requires to um, uh, retrieve an, a file system from a file server on behalf of that user. And you usually do this because you want to enforce um, all of the users' um, um, authorizations on that um, backend service so that um, security is enforced um, throughout the whole call chain uh, from the client to the backend. Yeah? And um, in SAP's documentation, usually those scenarios are referred to as principal propagation. Yeah? That's exactly what uh, Kerberos delegation actually um, implements. Yeah, so it's 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 a means to propagate, so to forward the principal, the authenticated user, um, all the way um, from the um, from the client uh, via this data gateway or delegate uh, uh, to the backend service. Yeah, 
And principle propagation has been also our key topic um, um, our main topic in um, in uh, in episode 40, um, where we first also introduced such a scenario in the context of Power Platform and, and SAP. Um, if you remember, or if you uh, recall episode 40, then um, what we did here, we uh, showed a, a scenario, an end-to-end -end scenario, where the user logged in, in um, um, into a, um, a Power Virtual Agents chatbot. And that chatbot uh, retrieved data from an SAP backend um, using an OData service. And again, the, the 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 requirement here was to seamlessly single sign on the user all the way to the to the SAP backend system, uh, without, for example, prompting the user again in the chatbot for any sorts of credentials uh, to access the SAP backend system. So again, a seamless propagation of the authenticated user in the chatbot all the way to the um, to the um, SAP system. Um, we already also used here the on-premise data gateway for yeah forwarding uh, the user. However, in in this scenario with our data services um, exposed by the backend system, we used um, uh, a um, we used the open authorization framework um, and protocol, so the OAuth protocol, um, and used um, a token exchange using SAML assertions here from the security assertion markup language to do the token exchange and interoperable token exchange between Power Platform and the backend system. Now for RFCs. Um, this doesn't work, um, but fortunately, we now got these new features in the on-premises data gateway that also allows us to essentially implement a very similar scenario um, like the one for OData services now with the new features introduced um, in the on-premises data gateway. Um, this time now with calling an RFC from a Power Platform application, um, and we are using now a, a regular Canvas app here in this scenario for calling the RFC on the backend. Uh, so OAuth is no longer the, the protocol we use uh, for authenticating and propagating the user to the backend um, in combination with SAML. But now this time we are using Kerberos or to be more specific, Kerberos, Kerberos constraint delegation um, to um, yeah, uh, propagate the, the user delegate or propagate the user um, to the RFC or to make this call in, in the backend and to enforce all of the user's roles um, um, and permissions and, and authorizations of the user so that uh, the user can only invoke those RFCs that he is allowed to do. Um, in, in this demo setup, uh, so this is a more high-level overview, um, we um, also have um, Azure AD Connect, um, as you can see here on the on the uh, lower right part here of this um, um, uh, picture. Um, this ensures that, for example, a user working um, from the corporate network on a um, AD joint um, um, workstation can seamlessly single sign on to a Power App um, and um, and using um, the um, or and using the um, authentication uh, token obtained by the Power App um, using um, um, or that the Power App got from the um, um, Azure Active Directory tenant. Uh, that token essentially is forwarded via the SAP ERP connector to the on-premises data gateway in, in this step number four. Then um, it the on-premises data gateway then um, 
does actually a token exchange. Um, so it uses Kerberos constraint delegation to obtain a service ticket for that um, SAP backend system and uh, then uses that Kerberos ticket, um, which is issued to the um, to the authenticated user um, on the power platform to make a call to the RFC um, on the backend. And uh, certainly this requires some setup and configuration on, um, on a few um, uh, components here shown in this diagram. For example, you need to set up um, uh, so-called um, service accounts and service um, uh, and uh, service principal names um, assigned to those service accounts in the um, uh, yeah, Active Directory uh, domain controller uh, that essentially allows the on-premises data gateway to make this constraint Kerberos delegation for obtaining the ticket um, on behalf of the user. You also require in such a scenario to map the AD authenticated user or actually the Azure AD authenticated user, um, if we have AD Connect here in place, to map that user on the backend system uh, to the um, yeah, SNC name or user principal name that the user has in the um, Active Directory. So an SNC mapping is um, also required as it is uh, for regular sub GUI single sign on, yeah, where you also need to map um, or maintain those mappings in the um, yeah, user maintenance um, uh, of the um, of the users in the in the backend system. I will take a look at that in a second. Um, now let's jump to the demo. My setup is uh, quite straightforward. So I have like simulated here on my machine, on my laptop, a corporate network uh, that um, yeah, implements a simple setup of a um, um, Active Directory um, uh, domain. So I have a domain controller um, that um, where the on-premises data gateway is uh, joined to. So um, this is also required because otherwise the on-premises data gateway would not be able to use Kerberos constraint delegation for obtaining the ticket for the user. So the um, the host that runs the on-premises data gateway is domain joined. Um, I have a user that will um, access in a browser the Power App, um, and um, in order to do so, the user needs to sign on to the Azure AD tenant that is synchronized using Azure AD Connect, um, so that the user can use their known passwords um, uh, to log in to the Azure AD tenant. And uh, then this Power App um, uses the SAP ERP connector, which is incorporated into a Power Automate flow to call the uh, on-premises data gateway and make use of the new features in uh, the ERP connector and the on-premises data gateway to call a BAPI, um, uh, which uh, calls uh, or which uh, searches in an um, in an um, yeah sample product um, uh, catalog from the EPM model in the backend system for a specific uh, product ID and will return the price of that product um, in from the product catalog all the way back to the to the power app. So that's our scenario. I think it looks fairly complicated. <laughs> yeah, but, but 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 in the end, I think if there are all these individual pieces and um um. They, they they need to come together obviously somehow but um once you get a better understanding of of how it works then then it is actually fairly simple i would say it, it, it takes is. some time to get into it but then um when, when you understand that okay you have this one ticket there that you get then you need to translate it to to a, to a Kerberos token and then you 
need to use this to, to connect to the SAP system, it is, you can easily follow. And, and I also want to highlight, this is the, the first time that you need to set this up, right? I mean, after that, you have single sign-on in place, oh, yes. and then sure. the end user doesn't care about this anymore. The end user exactly. can then just really focus on on building um, the Power Apps or building a Power Automate flow or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, we can quickly maybe also take a look at the at the developers uh, at the Power Platform developers perspective to all of this. Yeah, and it's quite straightforward. That's that's absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, there's a one-time setup that is needed. Yeah, um, yeah. such as for example, yeah, se uh, setting up those um, those uh, service accounts for the uh, one for the gateway, uh, one for the backend, uh, registering the correct. Um, service principal names here yeah so there's a little bit of an of yes. an one time initial setup that's needed and uh, by the way um as a as a sneak preview so we will um or i will i plan certainly also to document uh, what we showed today in this uh, podcast um as another um yeah um part of my um sap blog posts around principal propagation in the various scenarios and setups so there will be hopefully in a few one or two weeks um uh, the a new part seven of my blog series where you can hopefully then easily follow all these steps that are required um, to set up this this scenario. But I fully agree, Holger, you are actually right. So once the initial setup is done, I as a platform power platform developer, it's quite straightforward then to make use of the setup to um, yeah propagate the authenticated user and make calls to RFCs and BAPIs. Definitely. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. So let me um go straight to the um maybe first of all let me quickly show you how the uh, power automate flow looks like so this is the power automate flow that is called by the um, power app um, when the user clicks on the button to search for the product um, id um, that product id is then um, that is entered in a text field in the power app is then passed to this power automate flow and as you can see we are now using here um, this um, so-called call sap function v2 um, um, operation from the SAP ERP connector. Um, it requires some, um, also again, some initial setup, um, which is uh, here formatted as a, as a JSON string to um, to instruct the ERP connector um, uh, regarding the yeah um, uh, coordinates uh, for getting to the SAP system and um, and using SNC as a single sign-on. Uh, protocol um, for um, yeah connecting or obtaining uh, the um, the the Carbos ticket um, on behalf of the user. Um, this also requires, by the way, to install the SAP Com Cryptolib um, on the gateway host. Um, so and the path, for example, here. So the local path on the gateway host is also part of this configuration. Yeah, and then essentially you pick and choose the BAPI RFC you want to call from. And I've also shown show this here. So um, this is another sample uh, flow that um, that that also uh, makes use here of this call SAP function from the ERP connector. And if you drop down this list here, um, we will see, you see that that um, the connector now retrieves all of the RFCs and BAPIs that are available in the backend system that you configured here. And then as a Power Platform developer, yeah, you can easily pick and choose the one uh, you want to um, use in your scenario and then provide, uh, if required, certain input parameters and get also the response parameters um, to yeah, work with them in the course of the of your flow. So cool. Yeah. So basically they are pre-filled and you don't have to search pick for them. Basically. 
basically. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's a uh, it's quite convenient. Yeah. So yeah. I, as a as a developer, I think you yeah you definitely get here um, a lot of uh, a very good Help. convenient environment yeah. for building those. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So as I said, the Power App itself is quite simple. It um, it just um, yeah it just and, and let us maybe just now jump into the demo right now. So let me just copy the link to this uh, to this Power App that calls this flow. Um, I will now use this link in a new um, in private uh, window. So I need to sign in now to my Azure AD tenant. Um, and I can do so with my um, with my known uh, corporate uh, password because I'm um, uh, yeah it's synchronized um, using uh, AD Connect uh, in my setup. Um, so. Now I'm getting logged on to the power to the power app. All right, and if I now uh, enter a yeah a product uh, an ID of a product that I know that exists, um, um, I mean I can also so then uh, but we want to see a price tag now associated with that product. So before I do so, um, let me on the gateway host um, also quickly start a recording of the. Um, so this is the so this is the host system that runs the on-premises data gateway. Um, as you can see, it's up and running, so it's waiting for requests um, coming in. Um, and just as to illustrate that uh, something happens now, I will now start uh, Wireshark, which, by the way, um, is a great tool in case something goes wrong and you need to analyze um, the um, the single sign-on uh, message flow uh, um, for for this constrained Kerberos delegation. Uh, then this is a great tool to um, yeah to track and trace the the, the calls that are made. Um, so let me filter for um, for Carbos messages, and um, now let's go back to our Power App and click on Search. And now uh, the flow is um, invoked, and as you can see, we see a price tag here coming back from the backend. Um, in the course here of the of the call, the um, maybe let's go first to the Power Automate flow. Um, so if we go back here, so that was the flow that was called. We see that a recent uh, call was made, so 24 seconds ago. We can also go into here, which is by the way also a great place to look if something went wrong. Um, this is a great uh, means here to um, yeah, investigate any potential um, issues. So uh, here we can see that the call was made successfully, uh, and we can also see the full response um, from that um, from that uh, Bappy call. Um, yeah, takes a few a little time to to uh, to load the this instance um, uh, data. But as you can see, this was my input yeah, that was uh, passed to that um, RFC call or to that BAPI call. And then we get back um, a, yeah, um, a result um, based on my search that I did. And then in the course of the, uh, the following steps here in the Power Automate flow, I'm just passing out uh, here from that um, JSON response, uh, the price tag of that um, product. Um, so we've also seen that on the date on the on-premises data gateway host, um, they obviously also took some uh, or there were also some messages recorded. Those are now the Kerberos protocol messages that uh, we see. And um, finally, let me quickly take a look at one of them. 
um, we see that um, a ticket has been issued to a, a user, so to uh, to um, send that ticket to the um, SAP backend system. And let me see if I also find here the user's name. Let me just see if I can get that here as well. Uh, okay, I probably need to find the right one here. So, but I think the most important part or part is here that what we see is that that ticket has been uh, issued uh, to the gateway system, um, uh, acting on behalf of the user to consume an RFC on that um, on that SAP backend system, and this is exactly the service principle name that was registered in or for the system. We can also take a look at the domain controller here to see what has uh, what has been done here. So there is a service account that represents the SAP backend system. Uh, it's called here Kerberos um, uh, followed by the um, system ID A4H. And if we check the, yeah, um, with this command S, uh, set SPN, um, the, the registered service principle names, we exactly see that name that also appeared in the Kerberos uh, protocol trace, yeah, that um, this system is registered under this service principle name um, in our Active Directory. Yeah. And again, this is like an initial one-time setup that you need to do correctly. After that, um, yeah, uh, no more um, changes need to be done on this side. Um, just to prove that, the, that we really are calling the SAP system on behalf of that user uh, that we used here to log on to our uh, Power App, let me go to the backend system and remove the the authorizations given to that mm -hmm. user. So um, I am here logged in to the backend system and let me go into transaction SU01 for the user maintenance. So J or Jack Davis is the user we use to log in. Uh, so let's change uh, the user's roles. And by the way, while we are in this transaction, I can also quickly yeah, mention here, um, Again, it's important, similar to other Kerberos single sign-on scenarios, for example, with SAPGUI, that the SNC mapping is maintained for the user. Otherwise, the scenario will also or won't work, yeah, because in the end, the gateway sends a um, a service, um, 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 yeah, a service ticket um, on behalf of the user identified under this, um, um, yeah, user principal name, and and corresponding mapping needs to be maintained in the backend system so that the user can be mapped to a known um, backend user. Now, under roles, we see that the user has a, um, has, a, has been assigned to a product search role. So this product search role um, is configured with the authorization objects that are required to make this specific RFC um, call. Now, let's just remove that role from the user and see what happens if we then make another call. So now the user no longer has this role and should have lost now all the authorizations given to the user to uh, to call this uh, product uh, details RFC or BAPI. So now let's try again. Let's make a new search. And now it should take a little bit longer because the Power Automate flow is also configured to at least try one more time if the first call fails, um, there may be other reasons, yeah, such as lost connectivity maybe or whatever. Um, but after 30 seconds, uh, we should see now an error message in the um, in this um, 
power app that tells us that uh, the user should um, yeah doesn't have the required authorizations in order to make this search call in the backend. So let's see if Maybe this. Just, just while, yeah. while we wait, um, just to highlight again. So um, you, you didn't have to specify any SAP username or password because mm -hmm. the only thing that you had was to enter your Azure Active Directory credentials to log on to Power Automate. Obviously, exactly. there we could have multi-factor authentication, everything that, that comes with Azure Active Directory. Yep. Then Power Automate, the Power Automate call uh, or flow called the on-premises data gateway, where we where we have the SAP.NET connector installed to, to make then the, the, the call to the SAP system. But the on-premises data gateway fetched the Kerberos or, or was able to get a Kerberos token from mm -hmm. Uh, the domain controller um, on behalf of the user, basically. Exactly. Then do um, the call to the BAPI with this user. And there obviously mm -hmm. now was, was this trust that um, the Kerberos token was OK. So so I, I'll let you in. Um, there was this check for the um, uh, for the SPN, for, for the um, mm -hmm. no, yeah, for, for this, <laughs> this, this mapping that was done in the SAP system. Exactly. And now, since we have removed the role for this specific user, we are yep. getting an error message. Now we're getting error message that says there are no RFC authorizations for that function. And, and one of them is this RFC ping. But um, yeah, by removing yep. that role, I essentially yeah, removed all of the authorizations that are required. Um, there are a few um, yeah, authorization objects needed in order to um, allow the user to call this specific BAPI. Um, and um, yeah, and with that, um, yeah, we essentially now proved this new feature um, uh, in the uh, ERP connector. Um, and um, one more thing to also mention: you certainly also you exactly go through the same on the backend system, also through the same setup uh, steps um, as you would do for um, regular uh, SAP GUI single sign-on. Yes. So you, yep. for example, need to um, one as again as a really one-time um, setup task, you need to uh, go through. The the SNC wizard transaction to set up the um, yeah, SNC parameters um, in the backend um, and uh, make the backend and essentially pass the credentials of the um, service account in your in your active directory that represents the SAP system yeah, mm -hmm. in your corporate network and you need to pass those um, uh, credentials uh, to the backend system uh, to the SAP system so that um, the key or that this hashed key can be generated from those credentials so that the backend system can also validate that this token yes. is a valid token and uh, or ticket yeah and the Kerberos ticket and um, so that this so-called offline Kerberos valid uh, validation uh, takes place using the SAP com cryptolib um, in the in the backend system so a very similar steps to um, to other common um, uh, Kerberos single sign-on scenarios um, for SNC in the SAP system um, just now in a slightly different use case so no SAP GUI single sign-on but principal propagation in the context of Power App uh, consumption Super. of uh, BAPI scenarios. And what's what's great that basically the end user get really the correct message, you know, to know, yeah, aha, yeah that I have problem and this is the error. Can you please fix it there? You know, so exactly. it's helpful. Yeah. Super. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, maybe also one last comment. So all of this um, will be available with the May release of the uh, on-premises data gateway. Um, so um, I think it will come out. Yeah, so since we already have May, I think it will be out um, uh, quite soon. So um, for, yeah, um, 
implementing that scenario, it's uh, a prerequisite is to have uh, the May 2023 release of the on-premises data gateway. Because there, there were some last minute yeah, um, some mapping last minute. fixes, basically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and with that, uh, I hope you got a good idea um, of this scenario and uh, hope it makes you also interested in, in implementing such scenario. Um, and as I said, I will uh, follow up with a with a yeah step by step documentation of setting this up as part of my my blog series. No passwords, right? Yeah, no, no passwords, no exactly. Passwords. Yeah. Secure single sign on. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, thank you, Martin. And um, I mean, knowing the the previous six blog posts that you have in the principle propagation, I, I'm sure this will also be again a really fantastic detailed step by step guide um, in one place. Because I think um, that that is that is one thing that I always like. Um, you you want to set up single sign on for Power Platform and SAP. And you don't need to jump around and get some documentation here and some documentation there and something there, but you have everything then in your one blog in post. One so I'm definitely looking forward to that That's one. That's the main objective, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Good, then Martin, thank you very much for joining. Um, I'm sure we'll have you again in the future. Um, but for now, yeah, look forward to the, um, um, to the new blog post. And yeah, thank, thank, thank you very much for, for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Great. Thank okay, you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.